Blog Talk Radio. Conservative Christians Unleashed here on True Radio Presents on the Blog Talk Radio Network. And I'm your host, the Visible One himself. We got a, I I guess I could say, an explosive show tonight because I have two of my very favorite people on this planet, my big sisters, 
the ladies of the last civil right. We're going to bring them on in a little bit, but you know how we do this. We let people know that we're not politically correct. We're just correct politically, and we always come down on the right side of the issues. Not to mention, politics does not define my faith in Jesus Christ, but my faith in Jesus Christ defines my politics. Therefore, you have this Christian is about to come unleashed. So let's get right into the headlines. Going to the news site that I can tolerate more than most. <laughs> Anyone see the idiotic kidnapper from Nigeria who's holding those 200 and something girls stitch, and he's talking about yesterday he was talking about in a video how it is a um, travesty for girls to go to school and uh, so he's going to sell them as sex slaves. But here's what's so ironic about this individual. He's black, he's Muslim, but here's the problem with that. Arab Muslims, Muslims in the Middle East, consider themselves to be the true Muslims. Therefore, they have all kind of choice and tasty names that they throw at African Muslims and black Muslims here in America. I won't even go into that. So let's read the headlines. And Fox Fox News always have interesting um, headlines. They called him a coward. U.S. poised to join hunt for shadowy Buku Hiram leader Abukar Shiku. That's an interesting name. Try saying that five times in a row. The U.S. put a price on the head of the ruthless leader of Nigeria's Boko Haram long before he masterminded the kidnappings of hundreds of schoolgirls. But American forces are now poised to help hunt the shadowy warlords said to have a photographic memory. Abukar Shaku, Chiku, however you say his name, drew international ire and scorn after vowing to sell young Christian girls in the marketplace, could soon be the subject of a multinational manhunt involving U.S. military and law enforcement agents. But the hunt for the leader of the Islamic terror group, Boko Haram, which loosely means Western education is forbidden, will be complicated by Shukas' well-documented resourcefulness and low profile. Believed to be as young as 36 or as old as 45, Shuku was Haram's second-in-command until founder Muhammad Yusuf was killed in a 2009 crackdown. 
Chiku was initially thought to have also been killed during the, those attacks, but he later, later surfaced in a video claiming to be the terror group's new director. The U.S. Department of State is offering a reward of up to $7 million for information leading to his location. In 2012, he was declared as a specifically designated global terrorist for numerous bombings, including the August 2011 attack on the U.N. office complex in Nigeria's capital that killed 23 people and injured dozens more. In February, Boko Haram's gunmen stormed a secondary school in northeast Nigeria, locked a boy's dormitory, and set it on fire, killing those who tried to flee and burning the rest alive. The humanitarian group Open Doors International said the attack killed more than 40 young boys. Shiku, according to a BBC profile, is known as a fearless loner with a photographic memory, a complex and often paradoxical man who is part intellectual, part terrorist. His nickname, Daryl Talheed, translates as a specialist in Talheed or the concept of monotheism, Islam, whatever. He hardly talks one journalist, Ahmad Sakito, told BBC he is fearless. He is one of those who believes that you can sacrifice anything for your belief. Chiku does not speak English, but is fluent in his native Cairo, Hasu, and Arabic language. He reportedly does not even communicate directly with the group's soldiers. A lot of those calling themselves leaders in the group do not even have contact with him, Saikidos told BBC. Chiku, according to those who study the group, is known for being particularly brutal. I enjoy killing anyone that God commands me to kill. The way I enjoy killing chickens and rams, he said in a clip released in 2012 after an attack in Kano, Nigeria, that killed more than 180 people. In addition to being the group's militant leader, Chiku also serves as its spiritual leader. Sakaidu said, he, is, he has a photographic memory and, and is well-versed in theology, he told the BBC. Shaiku really recently took credit for the kidnapping of more than 300 girls in an hour-long video that opened, opens with Boko Haram fighters firing guns into the air and, shoot, and shouting, Allah Akbar. I abducted your girls, he said, by Allah. I will sell them in the marketplace, he said in a video. Kidnapped girls have reportedly been forced to marry their abductors who paid a nominal bride price of $12 or taken to neighboring Cameroon or Chad. An intermediary has told Nigeria's government that the terror group is willing to negotiate ransoms for the girls and that Two have died from snake bites, and several more are ill. More than 280 remain in captivity, and 53 have escaped, according to Nigerian police. Well, he has a really hot chamber reserved 
for himself in the lowest pits of the lake of fire and brimstone. And that's all I'll say about that individual. He got issues. He really have issues. And I'm going to post a link to this article for those who want to check it out themselves or at least look at his picture in the chat room because this brother has some serious issues. Serious, serious, serious issues. So, on to headline number two. Hmm. Let's see. What you got for me, Fox? What you got for me? Hmm. Howard Kurtz. Why is Monica Lewinsky playing the scapegoat card? Okay, how about a little laughs here? Monica Redux. Why Lewinsky is playing the scapegoat card to salvage her reputation. Monica Lewinsky wants to be heard which is another way of saying she wants her life back, or at least a plausible second act. Having been possibly the first person whose global humiliation was driven by the Internet thanks to the Drudge Report, she is taken to the pages of Vanity Fair to offer her reflections on the sexual encounters that led to Bill Clinton's impeachment. Did we really think we were going to get to a 2016 presidential campaign involving Hillary without hearing from Monica? (laughs) No. In excerpts posted by the magazine, Lewinsky doesn't let herself off the hook. I myself deeply regret what happened between me and President Clinton. Sure, my boss took advantage of me, but I will always remain firm on this point. It was a consensual relationship. Lewinsky says she is done tiptoeing around my past and other people's future. I am determined to have a different ending to my story. I've decided finally to stick my head above the parapet so I can take back my narrative and give a purpose to my past. What this will cost me, I will soon find out. What it will cost her, I suspect, is a new round of media ridicule. My Twitter feed has already exploded, and there was no social media back in 1998 when the scandal exploded. Lewinsky made a huge series of mistakes from flashing her thong, from flashing her thong to shooting off her mouth to her erstwhile pile, pal Linda Tripp. But it's only fair to point out that the 42nd president of the United States who took advantage of a lowly intern is now held as a global statesman while Lewinsky has been struggling to get by. And that is the pattern in most political sex scandals. The man gets absolution and the woman suffers in obscurity. So why is Lewinsky going public now? Well, she gets the nice half 
The nice hair and makeup spread in Vanity Fair. She tries to bury the blue jeans and belatedly tries to salvage her reputation. Maybe someone offers a offers her a cushy job. After the scandal, after getting a master's degree, she interviewed for various communications and branding jobs. But because of what potential employers so tactfully referred as my history, I was never quite right for the position. But there, but there's also the get-even factor. Lewinsky responds mildly to Hillary having called her a narcissistic looney tune years ago in a private conversation with a friend whose diaries recently surfaced. But while Lewinsky writes that she and the big dog had a consensual affair, she also says the Clinton administration, the special prosecutor's minions, the political operatives on both sides of the aisle, and the media were able to brand me. And that brand stuck in part because it was imbued endued with power. So this in part of a plea to the media to stop treating her as a bimbo for life. The message is simple. I'm 40 years old now. This all happened a long time ago when I was a kid. I'm a smart woman with something to offer. He even offers to have a drink with Maureen Dodd, whose acerbic take had prompted Lewin to Lu- had prompted Lewinsky to refer to her as more mean dowdy, and I bet Modo takes her up on it. Does this hurt Hillary in 2016? It drudges up the national embarrassment and reminds people that Bill would be moving back to the scene of the trust if she wins. But I think that's already priced into the stock. And Republicans might stir sympathy for Hillary if pounding away at the tardy episode. The least persuasive part of Lewinsky's piece, even though she was moved by a college student's suicide after video surfaced of him kissing another man, is this. Perhaps by sharing my story, I reason I might be able to help others in their darkest moments of humiliation. Lewinsky already shared her story back in the 90s, what she wants is to soften history's verdict. Howard Kurtz. That's oh, yo, folks. You gotta love Monica. She's always good for a laugh somewhere. You know what I'm saying? But uh, <laughs> it's one of those things, folks. It's one of those things. It's Monica. It, she's like a bear that comes out of hibernation who's <laughs> who's reared her ugly head after being sleep for six months, but in her case, about 16 years or however long it was now. Let's see. What other funny headlines can I pull up? Before I, um, 
I'm going to play a clip that I played yesterday, just kind of a reminder of just how crazy um, um, people are. especially liberals. But I am looking for a um I'm looking for the headline about John Kerry refusing to testify before the um the select committee because he is going to Mexico. Woohoo. I wonder if that was you know, conveniently just, I don't know, how how should we say, arranged at the last moment hastily? Man, these folks with the new revelations of the Benghazi emails, they're like cockroaches scurrying after someone switches on the lights in a house full of cockroaches, which if you can say that might be an apt description of our current presidential residence in Washington, D.C., but I digress. So, having said all that, I think my Internet's tripping. So, I am going to play my clip while I wait for that page to come up. This is my friend, Bill Lumen. And uh, <laughs> he uh, <laughs> he saved the attack. This liberal called his phone. This has been some years ago now, but just to give you an idea of who he is, Bill Lumen is the gentleman that got in trouble, made national headlines when he put a sticker on his truck that said, not hiring until Obama's out of office. So as you know, he got all kind of crazy publicity and other things that happened, and it was just, it was just crazy. So here we go. We're going to play that clip, and we're going to go from there. And I'll be back on the other side, and we'll start the powerful interview with my two favorite people, the ladies of the last civil rights. If my Internet decides that it's going to work for me, You just got to love, you got to love BTR. You got to love the Internet because when you're going and nothing decides that it wants to work. But I'm guessing I'm going to keep talking until until the Internet comes back up. And I know everybody hears me, but um, because I can't even play the clip, everything has frozen and broke down on me. But that's the power of um, that's the power of technology.
Here we go. Let me try it again. It says it's playing, and I don't hear. I don't hear a sound. For those of you in the chat room, if you if you guys are hearing a sound, please raise your hand. Babette and Vincent, can you guys hear? Can you guys hear a sound? Just type if you can hear me, okay? Because I'm not hearing a thing from my from my audio. Wow. Folks, let's see. Okay, I'm back, and I apologize about that because my Internet connection is jacked up, and I don't know why my Internet is jacked up, but it is what it is. So I just ask that everyone bears with me if you all can hear me. I have to reset everything, but I am still on air. And the bed and clean, I will get to you. I will get to the interview. I just have to. Uh, I hate technology. Honestly, it's a liberal conspiracy if you want to know the truth. They own all they own all the techno the technological the advanced gadgets, so therefore when us conservatives decide that we want to use it decides to go wrong. But I'm gonna do this show and my message is going to get out. The message of the women from the civil right is gonna it out and they're going to be heard because we're going to talk about a very controversial subject that the news media just kind of ho-hum and made like, oh, ain't that special. Look at her being, a, uh, being an ambassador for women's rights. And I'll just kind of leave it at that for the moment. So let's see. Make sure everything is going to the technical difficulties because this is a show that needs to be done due to the subject matter. I mean, you've heard you've heard from the um, individual that we're going to talk about, Emily Lips. But trying to our side to be heard, and we will, as they say, we will have our day in the court. But I don't, I don't know if that lady, that twenty-five-year-old counselor, if you will understands that um, in a court of public opinion, you know, this is a question that I have. 
if people get upset at the pictures that show the after effects, what makes them think that people are suddenly going to just be, oh, man, he's he's a bastion of liberal martyrdom. He just, he, he's giving her all for the cause. If people remain silent, which it seems as if they have on this issue, they're being hypocritical. Because you have you have more than a few pro lifers. Aborted babies. And you know what, folks? I can say aborted fetuses. You know why? Because to use the term fetus, the word fetus is Latin for baby. I don't know if you knew that unless you're, you know, if you're a good Latin-speaking Catholic individuals, you probably knew that. So... It's kind of funny when people trip about, they say, it's not a baby, it's a fetus. It doesn't matter. It's still a baby because of the fact just because you didn't use the English vernacular, you still refer to the baby as a baby when you call it a fetus. So it just goes to show that people really don't do their research when it comes to knowing what they're talking about. Because if they did, then those of us pro-life, we would we would readily point that out to them. Folks, I don't know what is going on with this student connection, but this is um this is crazy. And I don't even have access to my board, so I'm going to have to actually keep talking and go reset the entire connection. So I just ask that you guys just hang in there with me as I reset the connection because this is crazy. So... Technology. It is the world of technology when you have craziness that goes in like You know, um, there was a story released earlier today, and I was going to pull it up, but while waiting for the Internet to come back up, you know, in light of everything that's been going on with the Clavin Bundy and Donald Sterling and the Democratic um, senator or congressman out of Mississippi, Benny Thompson, whatever his name was, making all these just these blatantly racist comments, and then yesterday you had the the liberal professor. Ivan, 
whatever his last name was, a white guy calling for the uh, calling for the the genocidal elimination of white people, white males actually, and it's it's one of those things that make you go hmm. Considering it had been one thing if he wasn't white, it still would have been racist. But this man was calling for basically the elimination of himself. But then you have to consider the source. He was a part of um, the W.E.B. Du Bois Institute at Harvard University. And if you all know anything about W.E.B. Du Bois, Du Bois, this man was a self-hating black man. He he referred to black people who were inferior to him. He called them the N-word at the drop of a dime. He was an avowed racist, which is kind of baffling to me because he was one of the founders of the NAACP, along with a handful of um, white Republicans. See what happens when you try to be nice to an avowed Marxist racist? Dude was racist against his own people. But yet that will never come out through our history books because of the fact that... um, All our history has been whitewashed. But thank God for the United States archives because everything about W.E.B. Du Bois is in the archives. I don't like the man. I really don't. And the reason why I don't like the man is because I've been accused of being what he actually is. He he hated black people because of his position that he was better than us. And the man was black himself. But see, that's what people don't know. That's what people don't realize. And so they buy this same tired democratic storyline about how the Democrats are poor black people and stuff like that. Well, if that was the case, and I'll just leave it at that, if that was really the case, why are certain things in certain parts of our country where it pertains to black people? Why are our communities still infested with crime, even though in these cities that are controlled by Democrats, controlled by Democrats, and I am back now, thank God. But... You know, it is what it is. And I'm going to let my big sisters 
going to bring them on now because they've spent about the last half decade, at least since 2009, being out in the forefront talking about this stuff, beating the drum. You know, I met these ladies. We connected on Facebook about actually 2009, 2010, but we didn't become Facebook friends until 2012. How kind of funny is that? But we've been blessed to be able to do some events in both Chicago and D.C. Um, And I really do love and appreciate them as they are like big sisters to me. They really are. And um, so I am going to bring them on right now. They are the co-founders of a very powerful blog that's read all over this all over this country and also in several other countries around the world. Please join me in welcoming Holder and Kareem Stevens, the ladies of the last civil right to the visible conservative Christians Unleashed. Hey, you two. How are you doing? Hey, Connor. I'm doing great. You know, technology. So I thank you guys for hanging in there with me while I was talking and stuff. But uh, this is going to be controversial because we're going to take on a topic that you know, it's making its rounds through the media, but the media is just kind of, um, you know, just kind of, oh, ain't that nice? And yeah, I'm you know what, Thomas? The... Yes, ma'am? I, I just want to say real quick on that. The media is, it, it's kind of divided on, on this topic. Um, some what they're reporting, the full story, and what they're omitting. But we'll definitely get to that. I want to give a shout-out real quick to Vincent and Ricky Herschel. They're okay. actually listening on the show. So. Awesome. I like Ricky. He, um, I added him, my Facebook friend. I thought I had added him a while ago, but I'm glad he's listening in. And so... I want you, whichever one of you want to go first, because I watched your video, and you hit the nail on the head with that. So if you want to take it, take it first, and then Colleen, um, or either one. Sure. Okay, I'll just start off real quick, and, and Colleen can jump in, because I think she's got a meeting tonight, or she may be done, but I'm going to jump in real quick, and I'm going to say this. When I first saw that video in the article regarding this Emily Lett and her abortion surgical procedure video, at first, you know, I didn't watch the video. I read the story, and the first thing that smacked me in the face was the fact that she was dating um, how she... Uh, will save her sonogram if there's ever a fire in her apartment and how yay awesome she feels afterwards. So it was the first little story and article, and, and I had shared that around on social media, and, and of course it, it was 
very much discussed on my social media Facebook page. And then later, more articles started coming out. And come to find out, Little Miss Lester entered a contest. And in this contest, they, it was their first ever contest for um, people to submit videos. And it was the topic was to assuage women's guilt, those who had had an abortion. And the group that sponsored it was the one and three campaign.org, which is targeted towards the youth and college age and making abortion a positive um, procedure, the same as if you're going to your dentist to have a tooth pulled out. So I just want to let you know, Emily left uh, was one of the two videos that were three minutes that won a cash prize and a $100 donation to an abortion fund of her choice, which was Abortion Support Network in the U.K. and the Women's Medical Fund in Philadelphia, yet she works at an abortion clinic in New Jersey. Wow. That's interesting. So let me ask you this. The donation made on her behalf to the abortion clinic in the U.K., so that makes makes you wonder what kind of abortions they do at that clinic, you know? Well, you, you know, you have to wonder, but that was just a donation. Now, they also gave a cash prize, but they didn't say which is what, what I hit on, on my blog as well. Yeah, which is what I hit yeah, on on my blog as well, because I, I mm-hmm. questioned her, her motives of why she would even do such a thing, why she would even think, you know, the first thing when women get pregnant and they know that it's an unwanted pregnancy, the first thing that does, that pops in your head isn't to grab a video camera, you know, clinic schedule an abortion, and then, you know, film it and then enter into a contest. That's that's not the first thing I've I've been there, done that, and I know that's not the first thing that pops into your head. Um, so my I questioned her motive. The young lady also was an actress. She said she used to act, and and I questioned that motive when I did my blog. I said that I think that she may have just been out for the money because she did win a cash prize, and she also wants to get her name out there again as an actress. And it was more for you know her little five minutes or ten minutes of glory to be in the limelight. Um, she. Right. she not very vocal. Her YouTube went viral, you know, and she only came out publicly after the YouTube went viral. She said that she was going to be, um, she she aspired to be like this other young woman um, who had posted her abortion video on YouTube. But this woman was a little bit more bold. She was she's an atheist, and she came out, and every time someone would give her, you know, bad feedback or threaten her or something, she would come right back at them, and she would post another video. Um, but this uh, Emily woman, or young lady, I should say, she only posted that one video, which she won the award for and the cash money for, and then she closed down all of her comment sections, so she's not as brave as, you know, the other lady that she claims to, you know, follow after and try to be like. So when looking at her, she's also, you know, she claims to be a sex educator, and, you know, to be 25 out there, she says she has no uh, permanent partners or long-term partners. She says that she's not on birth control at all. 
and she didn't even consult the father in this decision-making, I'm wondering what kind of an educator and a counselor she's going to be to people. Is it, you know, I understand that, you know, it may be some of the agenda of Planned Parenthood and the left to push abortion to happen, but it's just kind of scary when we have, you know, people working in facilities like this uh, being educators, so-called educators and counselors to our young people and even scared adults who have to go in, who go in thinking that they're going to get some type of guidance when they go up or something like this when they find out that they're pregnant. Right. And and before you go on, let me bring, um, let me bring R- Ricky in on that. Thanks for telling me because I didn't realize he was on hold, Babette. Sure. Can I say one thing before you bring Ricky Herschel in? Because a lot of people think that she has closed out comments. They don't realize that she put her video on Vimo, Vimo, which is the other website. Whoa. And I've been reading her comments half the night. That's right. And that's the only video. It looks like she updated and did a new account. I happen to have an account on that site. And a lot of people are over here now. You can see the comments. And one person is stating um, his, his comments are a little disjointed and out of area, but he says, um, I'm not religious, and I don't think that a religion and abortion, or, and, and abortion and religion are necessarily linked. I don't subscribe to Christianity, but believe abortion to be unethical in most cases. It seems that the two are always combined. So, you know, here's someone who, I, I guess you would call him an atheist, disagreeing with her on, on, on wow. her email site. Why? So, Ricky, welcome to the Visible Conservative Christians Unleashed. What, what do you have to say about all this? Uh, yes, hello. Can you hear me? Yep, can hear you hello? loud and clear. Can you hear yep, me now? You're there. Yes. <laughs> Well, that's good. Uh, thank you for having me on. Hello, Kaleem and Bobby. How you doing? Hey, Ricky. Hey, Ricky. We're good. Good, good. Um, I, I, I've not seen Babette's response, nor have I even chosen to watch this uh, ridiculous video. And, and that's the nicest way I can say about this video. This. Uh, go ahead. No, I was laughing. I was just laughing at your reaction because that's so true. But go ahead. Yeah, I mean, it truly is ridiculous. This is a woman who had a baby. Literally, she had a baby inside herself. And then she chose because she wanted to go out and she wanted to prove a point to the world. She chose to make this video of her, her abortion. Now, my opinion is this. I don't really believe this is real. I, I mean, just looking at the video and looking at the comments, I have, like I say, I haven't seen the video, but seeing the comments and reading about it, I, I don't believe that this woman actually, um, I think it's all a hoax. But literally, this is a ridiculous way of proving a point. Right. You go out. And, and and you have the camera on yourself while you're supposedly supposedly having an abortion, and <clears throat> really, what is the point? Are you trying to prove that abortion is okay? Are you trying to prove that you can hum and sing and and be a normal person while uh, another life is being sucked out of your body? 
I, I really, I, I don't understand the point of view of this, this girl. Well, I say girl, but this young lady uh, having an abortion or even putting this on uh, YouTube or YouTube and and putting it out there for the world. So, but but I can honestly say, and let me speak from my perspective on abortion just for a second. You can interrupt me when I get too off far afield or start rambling. Oh no, you're but, fine. But I, but I have been. I am a victim of abortion, and I can honestly say that because a woman that I loved in the past, and and Babette and Colleen know about this. They know that uh, a person that I loved, uh, a, a woman in my past, we had a child together, and I literally had no say. I had no say in whether she had the abortion or not, and... From my perspective as a man, I was ready and willing at that time in my life to take take full care of this uh, of my child. But that, but 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 the woman that I was lo- in love with at the time didn't let me. I didn't have a choice in it, even though I had the choice to create that life. I didn't have a choice in saying yes or no to the abortion. So, so to me, this is all ridiculous and redundant and stupid. If if I can help create the life, shouldn't I have a say in whether the life ends or not? Yep. Ricky, I think what she stated over and over in her interviews on on Cosmo and all these other places that she uh, managed to get interviews with was that she said she wanted to put abortion into a positive light for women which is, quite frankly, kind of hypocritical. She makes very light of, of the decision of making or, or getting an abortion. She, she says that, she, that women are scared to go in as it is, and, and they are already going through something dramatic, so she wanted them to know that, that um, they don't have to feel bad about themselves when going in. She makes the no. topic of abortion sound cool and, and just light, you know, it's like you're just supposed to rush out. That's the option you have. In fact, I did watch the YouTube video of this young lady. I actually sat through it. It was absolutely horrid because she's coming throughout the procedure. And, and I don't think that it was a fake procedure. I think the whole thing was was real, but I think she did it on purpose. It wasn't like she, it was yeah. just a fake thing thrown together. She did this on purpose to get her few minutes of fame. She she was right. very happy go lucky even at the end of the video after the abortion is done she's like yay I'm done I feel so good and you know like a little cheerleader for abortion which is really really scary so the, that's what well, her purpose what she says her purpose was well I agree Colleen and I think that's partly because right now she is very indoctrinated with Planned Parenthood agenda she works for them you have to keep that in mind. She even states, yeah, it's me, oops, I made a mistake of all people, you know, something like that, as to how she got pregnant, because to tell you the truth, frankly, she had lots and lots of choices out there as far as birth control, as I stated, you know, so you want her to wonder, this is why I called it. She said she was scared to take birth control. This is why I called it a planned, unplanned pregnancy, because that's how it seems to me. What? What uh, where was where was the abstinence choice? Where was that at? 
Let's keep it real with today's society. She's 25 years old. She's a young adult. She's not a young child. Although I know we don't make that distinction with abstinence, most young adults, be real here, even as pro-lifers, we notice. So, therefore, they do have the choice of birth control. She also had a choice where she could have taken a medical pill. I'm not an advocate for abortion, as I stated in my video, but she didn't have to have the medical surgical procedure. Therefore, that's why I say not to get on birth control. Exactly. She chose not to. She says it in yeah. her art, in the she, article on Cosmos. She chose not to because she didn't like the side effects that were from that stem from it. She was going by the rhythm method and timing her ovulation. She she very yeah. frankly states well, that, that she the, did not choose birth question. control. You, you know that's the big question that we're debating tonight, actually, and I see that where this is going. If if we're going to make choices, and this is me included, men included, I'm not I'm not I'm not saying singling this out on one sexuality or the other, male or female. I'm saying that if we're going to make choices, we've got to live with those choices. But if one of those choices is for the worse uh, choice of mankind, I mean that's the real question we've got to ask. Would this child? What, what would this child have grown up to be? That's what we really got to ask ourselves. And that's the well, one I question that, that, that's... Well, I don't see this as a good day. Hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me finish. I'm going to show let me finish. as one... Uh, okay. Let me finish just a second. Go ahead. Hold on. That's the one choice that we've got to ask ourselves. If, if, this, if this child could have grown up to cure this, that, or the other disease... Or, or whatever that this child would have done, that's not the choice that, that a lot of people are looking at. And that, in, and that goes for men who coerce women into getting abortions as well. Go ahead. Okay, well, you know, I was looking at this as of the day. Thomas asked me to be on the show based on the blog and to discuss Emily's left choice. It's a good point that you brought up as to what this child could be. That's something I, I, you know, obviously she was not thinking of, yet she clings to her sonogram. The only thing I really wanted to say on this, and and I do have to get to a meeting tonight. I'm very sorry, Thomas. um, No problem. That's fine. Yeah, my time is a little short here. The only thing I really wanted to say was that for those who – have seen her video, those who are um, still wondering or feeling any remorse, there is an organization called Rachel's Vineyard. It's in my blog at The Last Civil Right. Um, all you got to do is type into Google The Last Civil Right, no S on the end. Um, it's also going around on social media, the video, and I do have links for different organizations, even if you want to find out more answers about abortion. And I can tell you myself, personally, when you come out of an abortion procedure and she has this all set up, someone else was filming her. It's not like she was laying there holding her own little cell phone, making her little video. When you come out of those procedures, and if you don't realize it, Ricky, if you had read it or looked at the video, it is edited because six hours later is when she comes back to do her follow-up on her procedure. Mind you, six hours later. Because after an abortion, you come out quite woozy, even if you had a local. A local to some people is almost like having a general and puts them under. 
You also have feeling of coldness. Anesthesia causes all kinds of symptoms in the human body. And I speak personally from experience. So it's not just you that had an experience. I'm sure Colleen can speak to you and many others. Um, so when you really look at the video and you, you can see that it's edited and that the fact she comes back in, and I even said, my only thing is she's 25 years old. 20 years later, this could come back to haunt her. Just like there are women who are close to borders, they have what's called that silent birthday in their mind of that child. Not only will she have that to think about, but the resurrection of the video. She could be married, for all we know, in twenty in, in, any time in the future and have her own that's children. That's right. That's yeah, right. so that's just something I wanted to point out. You know, I'm not, you know, as, as an advocate for pro-life myself, I am not one to be out there to tear down a woman who had an abortion. All right. But I do I, I, want that, to that point my, out the... I didn't think that was yours. This is my statement and what I'm saying. But my thing was, I just want women out there to realize this video, what you're seeing, it looks like it is staged like Colleen said. So she was an actress, and she's got other videos on her YouTube channel. You can see she's one of those very happy-go-lucky and someone I would pretty much kind of call spontaneous, it seems, by nature. And thank you, Thomas. I'm going to have to leave because I do have to be at a meeting, which is late here in Illinois, but something I promise. That's not a problem. Not a problem, but that. Thank you for coming on. Um, Colleen and Ricky, can you guys stick around? Now you guys got to take off, too. I'm actually no, in I'm, my Juneteenth meeting right now, so I'm I've stepped out just to do the show for a little bit. I can stick around for a little oh, okay. while longer, but not very much longer. Okay. Yeah. So Same here. Um, and also the caller from that was from the three one eight area code who wanted to say something. If you want call back in with comments for our guests, go ahead and call back in. But um uh, it, let me just say something real quick, if I may. May I? Go ahead, Ricky. Yeah, I'm here. Go ahead. I, it, 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 seems like, it seems as though I may have uh, irritated uh, a little bit. Uh, no, you didn't. Ed. No, no, no. Let me, let me, let me stop you right there. No, you, no, you did not. Um, no, you did not irritate anyone. Um, she was just they, making her uh, own statement on based on what her opinions are and feelings are. We've been getting. Feedback on our own website for right, a right. lot of okay. a lot, from a lot of different people, and a lot of different people are right. choosing to go after the women who are having abortions in a very hateful manner, which is not a very good thing to do because it makes other right. women who get pregnant not want to go get help or counsel because they're getting ridiculed as it is, and they you know they'd rather right. go do this in secret. Planned Parenthood okay, and, right. and all the other abortion people well, are breaking in the dough because they can get these procedures done in secret because these women don't want to go and say anything to anybody or talk to counselors, especially with men inserting their opinions so much now, you know, where, mm-hmm. you, know, mm-hmm. it, you know, even though you guys are affected, but it's these women that have to carry around these babies in, in their bodies, and it may be incest, it may be rape, it may be just frivolous stuff like this little girl did, where she doesn't seem to care about herself at all, and just going out and having sex and right. not caring, but when right. when it's put out there, 
like it, it, you know, with men screaming and hollering, and we got we have a lot of men that do come in there and say no, no to abortion, and these women are whores. I, in fact, there's a statement on on my on my page on my article on this where they they call the girl a whore. They and they you know they're calling them different names, comparing them to Nazis and things like that, and calling them baby killers. I can understand people's frustration, but if they're going to do that, they're going to push these women away, and more women they're just going to go in secret and get these abortions done. That is not the way to treat people at all. That's right. That's and let me right. say and, this. And, and, and let, let, me, let me say that, that if I ever did that, I'm, I may have done that. I don't know. Uh, but uh, from now on, I will be more sensitive to that point of view. And I'm sorry if I, if I irritated or or, or, um, or caused that point of view to come up. That was not my intention. And Ricky, no, no, it's actually it's actually good that you as a man can express that point. But see, here's the thing. Just like there needs to be there needs to be healing for these women. Because on Fridays, um, myself and three other of my um th- uh, two other people, we host a pro life show called True Life Fridays Radio. And one thing we have never done and I'm gonna share with you guys the reason why we've never done this. We do not go after post abortive women. We've never went after post-abortive women. And here's the reason why. A lot of us have done the research, and specifically when it comes to the black community, it was a deliberate targeting by Margaret Sanker, by what, what originally was known as the American Birth Control League, now Planned Parenthood, for the extermination of black people, period. Black women, right. and this was this is what um, Colleen was um, talking about. Black women, more than any other women, any other demographic in this nation, suffer in silence from the from the pain of abortion than men, any other woman in this country, because right. it's right. like they're condemned. They're condemned by pastors. They, well, the pastors, if they do say something, they're coming to, they come in at it from a place of, well, you should have been out there and all this. What about the yeah. 68% of all women, this all women, 68% of all women who get abortions every year are forced into them? What about that? Nobody wants to talk about that. That's the reason right. why we do not I, go I would, out there. Me personally, I would like to talk about that percentage of women who are forced into it because I have pointed that out over and over again to people. You know, right. That, and, that and, the women and, who the women and that's why I say and that's why I alluded to it, I think I actually stated it, that you know, what about the women who are coerced, forced, right. who are brainwashed into having these abortions and and right. God you know I hope God blesses this girl on this video to help her to see the light. Uh, right. me, I still think it's, I still I have not seen the video. I I think it's a hoax. I really do. I hope it's a hoax. But now that I've learned more about it, I may have to actually watch watch it. But the reason right. the reason that I haven't is because it. You know, when I watch videos like that, it brings up so many bad memories of my own experience. Right. But I'm, I may right. have to force myself to. I may have to force myself to do that. 
But let me let me reiterate. Let me back up a little little bit and say that you know men are not uh, 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 men are not sinless in this. Right. They went out. They had sex with a woman. They didn't do all they could do to protect that life, and I am one of those men. I won't get into the gory details right now, but it is a regret, it is a hurt, it is a pain that will never go away. And men are not blameless in this situation, and I, and I, 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 I tell people that all the time. Don't just put it on the women. These are men actually going out and impregnating these women. These women. So don't just always put it on the women. Just because they felt like they were desperate and had no choice, the men right, stepped exactly. in and said, "They, they, they can, they can step up too." Right, right. That's a good Colleen. point, right there. That's a very good point, right there, because a lot of women that are getting abortions right now are not just the single women. There, a lot of them are married women. A lot of them are in right. relationships. And when you're faced with a decision as a married woman or a single woman that's in a relationship, a long-term relationship, of having a baby and your man is sitting at home not working and you're the only one working, or if you you know that you don't have an income to support a child, things like that, you know, it's a very big deal, and that puts a lot of pressure on women, too. So you're you're very right in that men are not exempt in this, in, in this abortion issue when it's a big thing for guys to go out and sow their oats, like I said in my article, and jump from girl to girl because it makes them cool in the guy circle. You know, that, that doesn't help at all in this issue either. There's more of a chance to get a girl pregnant if they're bouncing from person to person. I've, uh, and I even stated in my blog, I told some of the women, you know, just because a guy has sex with you doesn't mean that he loves you. You know, you, both right. sides are taking risks here, and neither one is exempt. Everybody gets affected. Both men and women get affected in this abortion issue. So people like this young lady out there encouraging, practically encouraging women, you know, to go and have these abortions, saying that it was right for her, so it should be right for them, and bring it out into a positive light. That was absolutely asinine to me. I don't understand how anybody could do anything like that and put it into a positive light, such as there is no positive light in the way she did that. Well, Colleen, the only positive that I can see in this, if I could add one final thought, and i got to go to bed because i got to go to work in the morning. But I I hear you. I appreciate y'all having me on. This has been... No, I'm glad you called in, Ricky. I'm glad... I'm glad you yeah. called in because this is a powerful show, and it's. I'm hoping that it's going to have an uh, impact and uh, make a difference in the lives of people. So, go ahead yeah. with your comment. Well, um, before I before I say my final thought, let me plug my YouTube channel. Uh, Google uh, on you uh, search on YouTube Ricky Herschel or what Ricky wants to know is if you want to see my videos. Uh, but my one final thought is that it's not it's not a male or female issue. It's a humanity issue. Amen. Uh, That's right. It, it, this is when when and I'm 
I'm not gonna I'm not gonna worry about which color is 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 which skin color is is importing the most because as Kaleem and the you all and you have pointed out, abortion happens across every skin hue, every single income bracket, and it affects us all. And if right. we as Amer- if if we as United States citizens keep aborting and keep believing this lie that we can just kill off our next generation and be okay with it, then you know we're in jeopardy as the last right. shining light on the hill for all of the world. We cannot right. continue right. this and be a great nation. It, it just won't happen. And that's that's my exactly. final thought. And I and I'm glad you had me. Thank you for calling me in, Colleen. You have one final thought before you take off, my friend. Um, not really. Um, I guess I should go ahead and since Babette had to leave, I should go ahead and plug our website, The Last Civil Right. And we're also on Twitter. We're on all different kinds of social media. Any social media where there's a search engine, you can find us. Um, both of us have put up articles, separate articles on on this actual topic with uh, Emily um, and her abortion video. So if you guys would like to go and visit and see it, it's on WordPress and under the last civil right. And thank you, Thomas, for having us on. But, yes, I do have to get going, too. I'm in the middle of of planning a Juneteenth Festival here with our committee, with our board, because I'm on the board here, so i got to get run into. All right. All right, big sister. God bless, and I will talk to you again soon, my friend. Thank you for having us on. I'll talk to you later. All right. You're welcome. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. That was was Colleen Stevens from The Last Civil Rights. Um, she's one of the co-founders, and then Babette Holder, um, she was also one of the co-founders as well. Um, you know, we had a full show tonight, and I want to give a, give a shout-out to Crazy T and Miss Malika, who's listening in to the show tonight, and LaPaul and Tracy and Boy Boy and Big John Portis and the whole clan at the Tracy Portis household just wanted to give a shout-out to them because I know they're listening somewhere. Anyway, I have um, my friend who's on the line listening in. I don't know if she wants to chime in in the last few minutes, but if she does, hint, 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 press 1. But if not... Oh, there you go. Hey, I think I know you. What's going on, Miss Thomas? How you doing, Thomas? How are you today? Well, had an interesting show. Technology was messing up, so my computer crashed mm-hmm. for a minute. But other than that, I'm doing well. And that was a cute Amen. baby in the background. So, um, mm-hmm. so what was your thoughts? What did you think of the show? Um, I I think um, as always the the conversation surrounding abortion and adoption and getting proper information, good information out is always um, 
it's always important to have that conversation. Um, but I think what is more important is you can't have a full, well-rounded discussion about abortion unless you always touch on um, the the causes, which I think you did and a couple of the other right. people who we had on touched on the uh, the root of it, the beginning of the the scourge of abortion in this country and yep. um, who was at the helm and who has taken over the helm. So I think right. you covered uh, a pretty broad spectrum with, with, an, with a voice that's often ignored and often pushed out right. of the conversation. Right. You had Brother Ricky on as well, which is a wonderful thing because we – we very often do not hear from the men who are adversely affected, and all of them are adversely right. affected, even if they don't realize it at the time, right. by right. abortion. So in any time a human life is taken, whether they're pre-born or actually walking this earth, it diminishes the human race. So That is so true. But see, you know, in light of everything, you know, all the issue with racism that's been in the been in the news here, you know, I want I want to address that issue specifically and brutally. And I pose a question, mm-hmm. which is going to be a rhetorical question. You know, we know what was said by Donald Stevenson, the former Clippers owner, well, he's still the Clippers owner as of mm-hmm. now, was blatantly racist. And everybody mm-hmm. was in an uproar, you know, the National Organization of the NAACP, you know, they were tripping because the L.A. chapter of the NAACP was about to give the man another Lifetime Achievement Award just because he gave them hundreds of thousands of dollars. Okay, mm-hmm. that's fine. What he said was racist. But this is the issue that I have. The brutal slaughter directed and targeted at the black community by the abortion industry, you don't hear a peep from the Congressional Black Caucus, the NAACP, Al Sharpton, Jesse Jackson, um, John Lewis, um, that congressman down there in um, Mississippi that called, um, no, not, well, Elijah Cummings, but um, the other Mm -hmm. guy that called Clarence Thomas and Uncle Tom. You don't hear nothing Mm -hmm. from them. An act that's so blatantly racist. See, see, this is, let me, let me, and you know this, but I'm saying this for those of my, the listeners who do not know this. Our community has been so decimated by abortion that Mm -hmm. more people are dying in our community than are being born. But, you know, people are moving along, going happy-go-lucky. It's like no cares in the world, pride of life, and they don't realize. Basically, because because we are killing more than being born, essentially we are extinct. Pretty much, yeah. We, 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 are we have breached the threshold. If, if it were not for the number of out-of-wedlock birds, the, um, the black community has aborted ourselves beyond the point of replaceability. And, um, and yep. I, I discovered that fact back in 2010. So you know, at, at 75% out-of-wedlock births, unfortunately, um, 
not 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 unfortunately as in that's an unfortunate thing that we have a life in the world but it's unfortunate that it doesn't come with a complete family um but i'm thankful you for know, each life mm-hmm. right and let's and let's let's point out something and i'm going to start shouting this from the four walls mm-hmm. here's the thing this country was on the track to do things the right way if we would have allowed God's hands to move and transpire naturally. This country would have been eventually desegregated. Black people would have eventually been assimilated into the American culture because we had the strength and the resolve. Here's the thing. Do you know, Celeste, that when when the white Democrats, and let's say, let's just be real who it was, white Democrats and their Jim Crow laws kept us segregated. Mm-hmm. We had our own mm-hmm. schools, our own businesses and all that. We had the highest rates of children with married parents, almost 80%. Mm-hmm. We had the highest rates of graduating um, high school students who were going to college and the highest rates of college students who were graduating and the lowest rate of men in prison. So okay. explain this to me. And I want, you to, I want you to answer this question. How is it that when we so-called got our civil rights, how did that trend reverse itself? I thought I thought I thought that was supposed to make things better for us, or could it be that was a lie straight from the pits of hell? What say you? It it it, 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 it was the, the way it was set up. The, the civil rights laws were so watered down by the time that they did get uh, Democrat support that it really. The only thing that changed is that we gained entrance into white America. That, that, that was the only thing that, that it affected. And then from there, things progressed naturally. But along with that, right. but, I'm sorry, but before that, we had, um, we had the, the New Deal and, and uh, mm-hmm. Lyndon Johnson's whole, re, I guess, restructuring, if you want to say, restructuring of American Wait. life with that Wait a minute. Wait, 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 wait a minute before you go on. Lyndon B. Johnson, isn't this the same Lyndon B. Johnson? And I quote, and for those of you who don't like this word, close your ears Mm -hmm. now. I'll give you 10 seconds. Nine, Mm -hmm. eight, seven, six, five, four, three, two, one. Well, if you didn't close your ears, too bad. Lyndon B. Johnson, and I quote, when he was as president, we will have those niggers voting Democrat for the next 200 years. And quote. I heard the tape. I, I, the actual recordings of that. But yet somehow, because 
because um, and what happened when Martin, Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King's friend, Howard Harry somebody who was a part of JFK's administration, went and actually got Dr. King out of jail. It wasn't John F. Kennedy, the president, that got him out of out of um, jail. Let's tell the truth. Mm-hmm. Let's actually reveal history. John mm-hmm. F. Kennedy was afraid to actually help Dr. King because he would have lost the support of the Democratic Party, the Democrats, the powerful Democrats in Congress. He would not have been able to push his agenda. And let's talk about 1954 and 1957 when um, President Dwight D. Eisenhower was president. Mm -hmm. And civil rights legislation in 1954 was brought up was introduced, yeah. the bill was introduced by mm-hmm. Senator Everett Dirksen of Illinois, a Republican, not a Democrat, and it was filibustered by Lyndon Bean Johnson, who was in the Senate, mm-hmm. Al Gore Sen- Sr., mm-hmm. and Robert Byrd. Guess what, folks? They were all Democrats. And here's what's really interesting for those of you who say that uh, the Ku Klux Klan came from the Republican Party. Wrong. Senator Robert Byrd died a grand Klegel in the Ku Klux Klan, a Democrat. When he died in 2007 or 2008 when it was, he was still a part of the Klan. Why is it that he got a free pass? Oh, I know that answer. Uh, Celeste, it was because he was a Democrat. Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's the thing that really gets me. That's really gets me. People like you and I, Babette, um, Colleen, Ricky, and many others, we're fighting for the existence to of our community, but yet our sad community, they're in bed with the very people who are out to slaughter them. What do Mm -hmm. we do? We keep fighting, and we say to hell with the rest. That's all we can do because at least we're fighting because we care, not because we're trying to get notoriety and be noticed because I don't care about being noticed. I could care less. But you have a group of people that in 1970 was 20% of the population projected to be 50% of the population. That's how much we were reproducing, still even in 1970. Mm-hmm. We were predicted to be 50% of the population, which meant that there would have been approximately one. 140 million black people. But you tell me, what kind of force of nature does it take to drive a population from 20% of the population in 1970 to 12.6% of the population today? That takes an awful lot of death. 
and die, there's not that many black people that's dying in accidents and murders every year no, to move that kind of numbers. It's not even no, possible. Mm-hmm. You're absolutely right. And to, to answer your earlier question, you're asking what happened. Well, basically, as we both have had started, um, begun saying, and have said many other times, is um, when the uh, when the welfare laws were changed, and it made it difficult for a husband to stay in the home. Um, right. With, with with a mother receiving public any type of public assistance because of the um, income that was coming in being earned, rightfully earned, hardworking but by a hardworking black man, once he was shoved out of the home, the government made it much easier for that mom with her children to be able to say, okay, well, honey, look, you're going to have to stay, go back by your mom to get your own place, and me and the children are going to stay here. Once the father was absent, all all of the other ills of society were able to creep in. Once the cover is removed, once the head is removed, once the head is thwarted to another direction, then the family is left defenseless. And that, that's from a spiritual and a natural perspective, and and that's that's how it comes. That's how it comes. When the father's removed, the son will only listen to that mother for a little while because there's something innate in a man that can only teach a boy how to be a man. Period. Right. You know. So I I, I know I jumped. I know I fast forwarded ahead, but that's pretty much what happened. You know, when when the husband was removed, when the husband, not the baby daddy, when the husband was removed. Exactly. And the institution of marriage was dissolved pretty much in the African-American, I'm sorry, the black community. Um, right. You know, the, the the family went to, uh, pretty much went to hell in the handbasket. So, and, and going back to the, um, going back to the statistic I gave earlier about we have pretty much aborted ourselves into extinction, another um statistic that I found in that was that only, uh, among black women, 0.9% are having babies of black married women. 0.9% are wait, having babies. Wait, wait, too many, no. too many of us are not having children. There, And it's an individual choice. I'm not saying, hey, you know, you have to propagate the race, but we were put here to, to be fruitful and multiply. But we have to be mindful that each individual in each individual decision affects the whole. If we don't right. want to see us completely extinct, completely extinct, then we have to change that among the marriage. Celeste, unfortunately, yes. we have we have reached that threshold, and the thing of it is. We, we as a community already are virtually extinct. When you have yeah. people, administrations, the current administration, mm-hmm. who basically, they've basically told the school districts around the nation, don't punish black kids for being bad because they don't know any better. Mm-hmm. We, because of them saying that, they basically said we don't think we don't find no hope in you, so we gotta we gotta basically just let you do whatever. Um, and they mm-hmm. know what will eventually happen is that eventually 
the community will become so destructive that they will eat their own. And those who are trying to do the right thing, they will remove themselves from that equation, and that will further um, enhance and drive home the collapse. So, you know, mm-hmm. Celeste, we're down for our last few seconds, but I want to thank you, my friends, for calling in. This has been a very, very, very powerful show, and I want to thank everybody for listening. I want to give, like I say, I want to give a shout-out to everybody in the Portis household. Tony's listening on his phone, and Malika, LaPaul, Josh, Boy Boy, John, Janaya, uh, let's see, Kevin, Stacy, Anna, Amaya, and Sasha. I think I got everybody. So tune in <laughs> next Monday for part two of my interview with Jack Cashel. And I want to say good night, God bless, and peace. Good night. All right. Have a good one, Celeste. Thank <laughs> you.